Let's give them another big hand applause. Thank you, guys. Did you guys get enough pictures you want them to exit that way? All right, listen. Let's thank Miss Jessica and everybody else that's helped with them, Pastor Sean and, and um, Lori and those that are gone. And you guys head that way. Bless you. Anybody like Christmas? Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have, if the ushers can, could you guys bring up the, the podium? Ushers, if you guys could get the podium, it would be great. That's good. That's great. Wow. Well, each Sunday, next Sunday, we will have another special with the kids, and the Sunday after we'll have another special with the kids. But I think tonight, today, is, is going to really be about the ladies tonight. But I don't want us to miss the moment with God by looking towards tonight and missing what God has for you right here, right now. God has something for you. So tell your neighbor, say, God has something for you. Get ready. He's got something for you. So today, first of all, I, wanna, um, I just want to share with you very quickly that Tom and Charlotte are, are friends of ours. Tom is in, uh, part of the Apostolic Council that um, is over us, over this church. And we're honored to be able to have him today with us. Charlotte's going to speak tonight. But Tom and Charlotte, have they've been pastoring for 29 years. They uh, started LifeBridge in Longview, Texas. And how long has that been now that it's nine years there? He started some other work. So um, I, I could go through and give you all of his accolades. But here's what I want you to know, that he's a man of God. And he loves God. And he has a word that God's given him today. So let's just receive what he has. Let's give him a great big warm word, word welcome as we welcome Pastor Tom McDaniel. Very nice. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Amen. He's worth more than anything I could ever say. Amen. God bless you this morning. Honored to be a part and just want to say how much that we love uh, your pastors we honor them. Um, we just—I I tell you—I um, get to say some things to him, but he—he he blesses me a lot more than what I'm do for him. And so, he is a great man of God, and and we, the friendship between the four of us are just uh, is just amazing. And don't have a lot of that in ministry sometimes, and particularly with godly people. And I consider them to be godly, godly leaders. And you are blessed to have them over you. And for the Christ in them, let's give them a wonderful round of applause. Praise the Lord. We love you guys very much. Now, my assignment really is to get you ready for tonight, all right? So I want to do that. But at the same time, like Pastor Eric said, I don't want us to miss what God wants to say this morning. And uh, I'm going to get you out of here at a, at a wonderful time. And um, they let me know what time that normally is. And I'm glad they told me because I thought it was 30 minutes more than that. So uh, it's wonderful. And so we'll get you out of here. Let's look at Romans chapter 7, all right? Jump into that. Hungry hearts receive more. How many of you know that's true? 
and the anointing really does uh, better with the demand on it. So whatever you need this morning, let's tune in to God. Church is not about us, amen? It's about Him, and uh, He wants to meet you right where you're at. So if, you'll, if you will draw on the anointing inside of me, the Holy Spirit will do what He needs to do in this place, and I, I have a feeling that He wants to do something a little different than I wanted to do this morning. So uh, some of you are causing that problem, and that's a good thing, amen? Uh, we send regards from Life Bridge Christian Center in Longview, and that that logo there is not to advertise our church. It's just because this power that's the PowerPoint I use at home, and so I used it here, so I didn't have a generic one. So we just slapped our stuff on that this morning. Uh, a, a common text, uh, I think, that you're going to uh, really bear witness with, something that everybody here can identify with. Um, we could just about read a few verses and stop there and say, yes, we know. And This is one of those verses where uh, Paul wrote it with an intention of grabbing your attention, but at the same time wanting you to know, and we want to know the intention of why Paul wrote it. It's easy for us to say that what I will to do that I don't do, and then we just sit back in our chair and go, well, that's just the way I am, right? That's not what, this is not, this is not why Paul wrote it. And Paul didn't write this to ease your conscience. He didn't uh, write it. He wrote it to let you know certain things about God in you that we need to know, particularly when it comes to strongholds and struggles in our lives, which we know that everybody in this room has those things happen to us. We're all filled with the challenge, but we're also empowered by the Holy Spirit that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And the greatest identity that we find is when we find ourselves in Christ, away from our selfies, amen, and into who he's made us, amen. Because we are empowered by God to live this life. And every challenge comes with the opportunity for us to live beyond our own personal strength. And when we truly understand how weak we are, it's a strength in itself. Because when I am weak, when I understand the way God's made me, then I am strong. And so in my weakness, God says his strength is made perfect. And so when Paul's writing here in this text, and you're going to identify with it, and you're going to say, yes, that's me. But there is an overall message that Paul wants to tell us. And the overall message is that your soul in your own strength is no match for the sin nature that was inside of you. Are you hearing that? Your willpower can't win this battle. So important. And sometimes your willpower and thinking that your willpower can't. See, when you actually vow over your life that you're going to overcome something, you're actually empowering the flesh by the vow, and it's the very thing you're trying to get away from. Catch that. It's very important. And when you concentrate more on your sin than you do your salvation or your deliverance, then you have a tendency because as a man thinks, so is he. So when you think, I'm going to get over that, I'm going to get over that, whatever that sin may be, I'm going to get over my anger, I'm going to get over my anger, I'm going to get, then your thoughts and your meditations are on your anger more than on the God who gave you the anger. And the best way to get over it is put the word in there and say, yes, I have anger, but I'm not going to sin in my anger. Because God's not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So when you concentrate on the fear, you act out of what you think about. But when you concentrate on God's word, you act out what you think about. So when you put that in, that's, that's the place that your mind begins to be renewed. So I'm going to talk to you about repentance. And I'm not wanting to talk to you about uh, just 
getting, you know, just this, I'm not talking about the kind of repentance where you're just, you just want to fall on your face and cry about your sin. I'm talking about the kind of repentance where you need to change your mind and get your mind in the same place that God thinks about you. See, David was a man after God's own heart. Didn't mean sinless. It just meant when he sinned, he had a heart after God. Are you hearing? And when he, when, when, when he failed, he knew how to come into God's presence. And that's the thing that we see. Repentance is the maintenance of the heart. It keeps us in sync with God clearly. Even though in, 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 the, in, the, in the, his realm, it's all handled. He's handled all of that. It becomes confused in us. So I'm hoping that maybe I'll answer a question for you this morning. Maybe why you can't get over something, why you can't move into the next level of what you want to do in your Christianity, why you haven't been able to process certain things and move into that next level with God. Because it is a journey, and it is a constant discovery of who God is. God unfolds himself. We behold him in his glory. And the Bible says that when you behold him in his glory, when you see him, you can become like him. So you have to see him first so you can become like him. So he unfolds himself to us. And if we are progressing and moving and processing in God by the Spirit and through his word, that's how we, in our journey, we discover him. We see him. And then we see ourselves through him. And all of a sudden, that identity of who we are in him becomes a reality. In the reality, then that's how we begin to live through his Spirit by his anointing, by his power, by his thinking. The Bible says that God's ways are higher than our ways. Then I want to say, get up there. <laughs> Amen. Let's climb the ladder. Amen. Because he wants to unfold himself to him, and he wants to reveal himself to us. And that whole text about God's ways are higher than our ways. And, you know, the next verse behind Isaiah 55 there, I think it's verse 8, he says, for as the, for as the earth, as the, as the earth rains, and it, it rains to the earth, and it says, then the earth brings forth fruit. So he says, so shall my word be. In other words, God is saying, my ways are higher than yours, but as the rain came down and watered the earth and brought forth fruit, fruit my word came down, watered you, and brings forth fruit. And so in that same text, God says, this is the way I think, and this is the way I work. Amen? All right. Now, let's, so let's look at Romans chapter 7 and verse 15. And you're going to just jump right in this and just say, this is me. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Everybody with me? I think you are. Verse 16, if then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. In other words, he says, my desire is in place to do good things, but my ability has not matched my desire. Verse 8, 19, for the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not do, that I practice. Now, these are not verses you want to put on your refrigerator. And you don't want to take these as a way to just live and identify with the problem because Paul's getting to a solution. 
So then verse 20, now I do, now I do what I will not to do. It is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Now remember, sin is not behavior. Sin manifests as behavior. Sin is a nature. And it's huge. It's not just drinking, chewing, running, drinking, running, chewing. It's not about See, drinking, running, doing, well, no, drinking, running, chewing, and run with girls who are doing. It's not that. That's behavior. There's a nature behind the behavior. And Paul is saying that Christ has the ability to break that behavior off of our lives. Not that you won't sin, it's just that you won't want to. And so when you do, You're upset with the fact that you did because Christ in you just simply stands there and says, you don't have to do that anymore. There's victory over that, and Paul's trying to point us to that situation. So, so many times we choose these kind of verses, and we just sit there when God is saying, I have the solution. I have an answer. For I delight in the law of God according to to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Members. Members remember. How many of you know that? See, there are certain things in your life that remembers the way you used to sin. There are certain things in your life that will spark you to to do certain things because of the way you used to live. In other words, it's not even in your mind that you willfully want to do it. It's like, remember, just how many of you have certain songs that just kind of make you go off like to the old way, right? Why? Because it's in your members. Maybe it's in your feet. Yeah, you just, you just, your, your feet remember how you used to dance, right? That happens to us. And this is what Paul's trying to say. The law is good. It shows me how good it is. And I see the law, and I see how I can't perform the law. You know why you can't? Because you're not supposed to. It was a tutor to bring you to Christ. It was to show you that you can't live this in your own strength. And we are so reliant upon Christ in us who breaks every sin off of us and the desire for us to sin. But I see another law of my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who's that? That's me. That's you. That's all of us. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will deliver me? And I love the answer. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so that with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So we want to grab the text, and from the text we want to see what God intended for us to see. And he's trying to say two things that are so profound. Number one, your soul and your willpower is no match for the sin nature. That that only comes from the power and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Vital for you to know. Because so many times we act like we, we, we act like we're doing the Levitical law. We're just so used. See, the, the Hebrew says, sacrifice and, sacrifice and offering I did not desire. And Jesus said, but I came in the volume of the book to do your will, O oh God. God never intended for you to just do sacrifice. 
He intended for you to do his will in a relational way with him, a personal, vital relationship where his love permeates your soul and your spirit, and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and all of a sudden you are now a Christian. You're born again by his spirit, regenerated in Christ. When you come to the knowledge that you need a Savior, all of a sudden you change your mind. You understand. But sometimes, give me that slide with a little kitten cat, kitty cat on it. Sometimes you get like this. You get stuck. Stuck. How many of you just feel stuck? Now, in my house, that would probably stay there. But anyway, you're just stuck. And that's obvious. Everybody can see this is a stuck situation, right? But in your stuckness, if that's not a word, we'll make it up. In your stuckness, see, we walk in here and people don't know we're stuck. We're stuck in the spirit. We're stuck in our spiritual growth. We're stuck in a situation. We're stuck in a stronghold. We're stuck in a selfie. We're just so stuck in life that all I can see is me. And all I can see is my problem. And all I can see is my weakness. And all I can see is my trouble. And God says, I'm able to get you stuck. I'm able to get you over the bridge. Give me the next one. See, sometimes our life is like this. We can't get over the bridge because we get to a certain place. And all of a sudden, I want to get over. And I can't get over. So why am I not able to get over in life to the place that I know that God wants me to be? And maybe all of us are in that in some way or another. Or maybe you sometimes feel like you have a double agent on your shoulder. That's the next slide. And maybe you're this guy. And maybe it's like, well, I know what to do. But this guy's telling me not to do it. And this guy's telling me to do it. And, I, you know, I'm just kind of stuck. So verse 21, I find a law. Then I want to do right. Evil lies close at hand. And again, The answer is there is one who's broke the power of the double-mindedness, and he's clearly shown us in his word that the answer to that is for us to move forward in life. Next slide. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Next slide. Repent is the Greek word metanoia. It simply means to change your mind. It simply means that you see things the way God sees things. And then he empowers you by his spirit. You see, when you get in agreement with God, you have empowerment to walk with him. When you and him see it from the same perspective then God immediately empowers you and me to walk in the truth of his word. So it literally means to change your mind. It also means to turn away. So you're walking along in life, and God, and there's a certain thing that you're struggling with, and you can't get over it. You can't get over it. You can't get over it. And God just simply shows you how to get over it. And he says, if you will repent, change your mind, about that situation. In other words, if you'll, God says, if you'll see it the way I see it, if you'll see it the way I see it, I'm going to get you over it. So get on the same page with me regarding that situation. Uh, there are certain sins 
and I don't want to talk about sin so much, but strongholds are, to me, a much bigger problem because I think there's fortresses around our souls that we need to learn to walk away from. And so it means that when you're walking along with God, when God says you repent, you get to this place, and, you, and God says, okay, let me show you this, and he shows you this. And then he says, okay, to repent means to turn. So you turn, and this is, this is where I sometimes struggle with us, uh, so I struggle. I struggled for years with this. Is a, that you walk away from this thing, and God says it means to turn away. But when you turn away from it, you don't walk back to it. And oftentimes, we find ourselves walking back toward the thing we repented of. And so the question becomes: Did I really forsake what God put on my heart to let go of? And there are reasons why we hold on to stuff: comfort convenience, a way of life, um, satisfaction, all sorts of reasons. And so God just says, I, I want you to see that the way I see it. But in my life for about uh, 10 years, I was backslidden. And in the process of that backslidden condition, I would find myself, and I was, I was using drugs. I was uh, living a promiscuous lifestyle, kind of like the prodigal son, so to speak, a lot like the prodigal son. And in the process of that, when I found myself in touchy situations where I needed God's help, I would, what I thought was repent. And I would tell God I was sorry. And I would tell God, if you'll just get me home tonight, I'll never do this again. And if you'll just, you know, God, I'll never do, I'll never shoot up again. If you'll just get me out of this trouble, I'm in. I was just kind of like, let's make a deal, right? God, let's make a deal. Anybody make a deal with God? You ever been there? Did it for so long. And then God showed me. He said, Tom, you are confessing, but you're not forsaking. In other words, you, you are, you're saying you did the wrong thing, but you're not forsaking that thing that you said was wrong. Are you with me? In other words, I just kept going back. Okay, I'd get out of trouble. You ever been there? You got out of trouble, and then you go back to your, to your deal, and then you get in trouble again, and then you make, and then just, let's make a deal, God, let's make a deal. All right? And see, and God just says, Tom, if you'll see this the way I see it, I'll bring you to the place that what once drew you to that, you will no longer want it. Are you with me? And you are, you will forsake it. In other words, what once you were drawn to, you are now repulsed from. You don't want that anymore. And that's why, that's, and so God says, change your mind. Change your mind about that because I have hope for you. I want to bring you to a better place. I want to break the condemnation off your life. I want to break the shame off of your life, which creates isolation between me and you. I want to break guilt off of your life. What's guilt do? Guilt always creates false intimacy. If I say false intimacy. Guilt will always create false intimacy. Why? Because it will cause you to take an action from your guilt toward God in, to pay him for what you did wrong. Guilt always has a pay system. I had a friend. He was a, he was a Christian. He was an alcoholic. He uh, drank. He would, he, would, uh, go, he, would be drink, he would drink for nine, ten months, and then all of a sudden he would 
get drunk, get in trouble, and get the DWI or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, he would find himself in a situation. He'd call me to his office. And he'd say, Pastor Tom, I need to talk to you. And we'd go in and we'd talk. And so he'd, he'd tell me what happened. And I already knew what would happen. But he would tell me about it. And then he would write me a check. And so one time, God said, stop taking the checks. And I said, shucky darn. But anyway, God said, stop taking the checks. He said, because he is relating that to intimacy with me. And so I went, he called me, and when on the way there, God spoke to me and said, don't take the check. And I said, but I need it. But anyway, um, I said, okay. So I was sitting there, and he started writing a check, and I said, um, you can't write me a check today. And he said, what do you mean? I said, God told me not to take your check today. I said, because he doesn't want your sacrifice. He wants your heart. And he wants to give you victory. He doesn't want to give you, he doesn't want you paying him. And this is a false intimacy. This is, this is your way of saying, I know God, and he probably did. But I'm close to God, and this is how I want to show you. And God doesn't want that. He wants your heart. He wants to adopt you. He wants you to know you're his son and your daughter. He wants you to know your identity. He wants to break shame off of your life. When you have shame in your life, you worship God like this. You turn away from him but raise a hand. You're, you're, but when you come into his presence and he has washed you, see, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's just and faithful to forgive you of your sins. Right? Is it all right? But there's more. Everybody say and. And to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Everything in your conscience that says, oh, I know God forgives me, but he don't forget. Or I know God forgives me, so he's only forgiven me, so I come to him like this. But God is saying, no, I do more than forgive you. I remove from you the consciousness that you're unrighteous. In other words, in his blood and in his washing and in his removal of the sin over your life and the judgment that you put on yourself, God says, I remove that from you. I cleanse you of all unrighteousness. If you can just imagine for just a minute in the spirit let's tie it to this analogy you, you, let's just say you just you jumped in a mud hole and you're mud from the top of your head to the sole of your feet and you're just dirty but you get a water hose and you put it over your head and you just wash and you watch you just watch the mud just slide off of you and through a process of God just, of this hose just washing you, you begin to see yourself again in the way that you were designed. Now just imagine for a minute that in the pivot moment, the Bible says, and it's so great because God says, in your time of need, come boldly to my throne. So he says, in your worst moment when you feel so Rotten, come boldly 
in here because God says, I love you so much. This is why I'm here. So he says, come. And he says, my blood, like the host. And see, we feel tattered in sin, torn in shame, condemned to self. And God says, my blood is so efficient. Like the water hose, he says, I'll wash you. I'll wash you. But watch this. See, the water hose only cleanses the outside. But the blood cleanses the inside and washes you eternally clean. Where now you can come to him and say, I know. I'm forgiven. And more than that, I'm not unrighteous because you've taken everything that's unrighteous in the conscience of who I am. You've removed it from my spirit. And now, Lord God, I am your son and daughter because your blood was enough. Your blood was enough. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for every person in this room. I pray your hand upon our lives. I pray for the spirit of adoption. I pray, Father, that your blood, the efficacious blood of Jesus, that, Lord, we... We see the depth of our sin because we see the height of your cross. And we see the power that you released through your blood. And Lord, I pray for a revelation. I pray for the removal of all condemnation. That there is no condemnation in Christ to them that are led by your spirit. And the Lord, the law of Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death, with which Paul said in Romans chapter 7, he saw a law working in his members, warring against the law of his mind. And Lord, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for freedom in this place. I pray for deliverance. And I pray for the love of God to permeate our soul and our spirit today. And that, Lord God, that we know that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Will you stand and will you raise your hands to the Lord? And I have a lot more to say, but I felt like I was finished. Because I feel like the Lord wants to just minister to you. If we could have a song of some sort, it would be fantastic, or just some music. But, let, but more than that, let's don't go for the fanfare. Let's go for God.
Come on, raise those hands, everybody. If you don't know how to do it, just do it. Amen. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit just wants to touch you right now. You know, I want you to pray a prayer for me. You know, I, I want to pray it for you. I want you to pray it. But I want you to pray something like this. I want you to pray, Father, show me, show me the way I need to think about me towards you. And then pray that you see you from his seat and not from yours. The devil is a liar. And he will tempt you to sin and then tell on you for doing it. And you know what? God wants to deliver. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Let me help you this morning, guys. Jesus is your deliverance. Eric and I discussed this verse yesterday, and that was, how do we trample the blood of Jesus under our feet? We trample it under our feet, but not allowing the grace of God to wash us clean. His grace and then His mercy. The mercy of God is the withholding of that which you deserve. The grace of God is the receiving of that which you do not deserve. The mercy of God is the withholding of that which you do deserve. How many of you know God has given us grace and mercy? He's given us what we don't deserve, and He withholds with us from us what we do deserve. Because you know what? He is so satisfied in the sacrifice that Jesus made. So let's stop making deals, and let's stop. Let's just make the. Let's just enter into the deal Jesus made. Let's just put our heart before Him, and let's just let His blood wash us clean, and let's vow to just follow Him. Let's just vow to follow Him, and let Him do in us what He needs to do. Now, Father, I pray, show us, bring us to our senses. Unclog our heart. Let your love permeate our heart and soul. Your love, your love, your love, your love, your love, your love, Jesus. He loves you today. He loves you today. He loves you today. He loves you today. Now, there may be something regarding repentance that needs to happen. Listen to me. Don't make your repentance about you. Listen to this and hear me carefully. Everybody listen. Listen just a minute. When you try to bring sacrifice, it's always about you. You are to enter into the sacrifice that Jesus made. The ultimate sacrifice. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. And I pray for the Holy Spirit, Lord, to show us things in our life. Show us how to get over, how to get beyond the struggle, and into the next level of what you want to do in our heart and in our life through Christ Jesus. Do we have prayer partners, Pastor Eric, here? Prayer team, would, would, would you come? Because we, we just want you to be available. And if any of you want personal prayer, we would be glad to pray with you. I'm praying for the Holy Spirit 
to reveal to you what he wants to do in you today. And then follow him in where he's leading you. Follow him. Some of, some, for some of us, that, that is genuine repentance. That's, that's repenting the way that God wants us to. And I, I was going to talk to you about remorse and regret and how what tr- truly repentance is. But you know what? All it is is you getting your heart before God and getting on the same page with it, listening to him and follow what he wants you to do. It's not being sorry for anything. It's not even remorse for the activity of your life. It's just simply agreeing with God according to his word and then receiving the deliverance that he wants you to have. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who gave his life for you. You're more than a conqueror. So prayer team, if you need prayer, they're there. I'm going to let Pastor Aaron close this out. Tatum, I'm going to ask you to, if you will, get the team in. I'd like to sing that song, Be Brave. I just really feel this is a real opportune time for us if you we're not done yet we're not done yet so don't leave i just want you you can you can stand you can sit but i'm just going to bring the worship team up and just have this time of us being present with god this morning just being present with god this morning if you want to take communion we have communion available over here so let's just do that if you will mike just bring the lights down just a little bit in the And let's just be present with God. Just a few more moments this morning. Just a few more moments this morning. Is there something that you're just not seeing yourself the way God sees you? And I'm telling you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are amazing. And and God is looking at good things. We've been talking about that, that he's seeing good things in you. Maybe you don't see your plan, your purpose, your destiny, because maybe you don't see yourself the way God sees you. So let's just, I'm just going to have the worship team just just play that song, if you will, please. And, and let's just take a few moments of worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning.
crashes over me, crashes over me, for you are for us, you are not against us, champion of heaven, you made a way for all to enter For somebody here and I heard God breathe into me and he said Tom there are people here dealing with self-hatred that they hate themselves and then God breathed this sentence to me and I want to give it to you and he said I do not love them more because they hate themselves I do not love them more because they hate themselves and sometimes this is the way we approach God for his love that we come to him in pity rather than our power God wants to break self-hatred off of your life and the reason that we hate ourselves sometimes is because of mistakes we make and we don't feel empowered to get over those and I'm here to tell you Jesus Christ can break every chain break every chain and so whoever that's for, that God wants you to love yourself. Again, this is so big that you love yourself the way he loves you. That to see you from his perspective is huge in your walk with him. So let's get over that. Let's, let's just say, God, I repent of my self-hatred. And I want your love in me for me. And I want free from me hating myself. 
and I receive the love of God that God has for me in my life. Amen. to a place where how are we brave and and what areas are we brave in and today earlier I was like Lord I wanted to take up an offering for the Christmas banquet I wanted to take up an offering for Life Bridge 
But I believe this is very strategic because some of us may be brave in certain areas and some of us may be brave in other areas. This is very serious. I don't, I don't do it lightly by taking up an offering. But I, wa- I want you to hear from the Lord about a seed that you would sow. A seed in the right condition, in the right environment, will grow and it will multiply. And it was part of me today, I was like, I'm not going to take up an offering because Pastor Tom, you know, that was, you know, the counseling that you had. And, and, and I was going back and forth. And I heard clearly just a moment ago that this is a strategic time to sow a seed. And I want this seed to be for breakthrough in your life. This is a seed of bravery. This is a seed of breakthrough. I, I have some things in my life, children, grandchildren, issues in our life, even with the church, with families helping families, with the house of hope that we've started work on again, that I believe that this is a strategic moment. And that's about all I can say about it. You got to know that God's saying yes, sow that seed, and then come and sow that seed. So I'm just going to be, I'm just going to start. A lot of times I'm usually last because I like the scripture that says those that are last are first. But this time I'll be first. But I want you to, if you have a seed, I'm going to pray over it. And I'll use this for everybody's seed until you get it ready. But Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare that this seed is in fertile soil. I declare, Lord God, that it's by your goodness, it's by your grace that you've provided all things for us. I thank you some, God, here that that today are like, you know, I don't even know how I'm going to make my rent. I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay for this or pay for that. That they'll be be brave and they'll trust you and say, look, God, this is what I'm going to give. And Father, I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you for opening up the windows of heaven and and pouring out blessings. I, I just declare the word of God that you make us brave today. You make us brave today in Jesus' name. Now, I'm not asking you to leave after you come and put this seed. I'm asking you just to, to give the seed and let's go back to our, to our chairs. And you know, Jerry's going to put a basket down here. Um, and then we'll, we'll have, I've got one more thing before we close. So come and give today. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.
Sometimes I feel like Jeremiah. Jeremiah was called a weeping prophet. And I want you to know that I know some of your situations. And I know that some of you came, single moms, and you came and you sowed a seed. And I'm asking just to stretch your hands towards this offering right now, God. trusting you I'm declaring raises and bonuses I'm declaring dividends and wise investments God I'm declaring that that you were gonna bring things from funds from the north south east and west to be able to to be able to provide for your people God I thank you for their obedience God I thank you for them sowing I break off their life in the name of Jesus, debt, lack, poverty in Jesus' name. And we declare increase to come. Increase to come right now, God. I'm asking you to open doors that no man will close. I'm asking you to close those doors that no man will open. I'm asking you to sew a hole in the pocket because they keep putting it in and then it goes out that pocket. I'm I'm declaring wisdom and revelation, God, for finances right now in the name of Jesus. I'm declaring that you are provider, you are Jehovah, that you're giving peace, that you're releasing goodness, that you're releasing identity, that you're releasing them to be able to see how wonderful and amazing and how much you love them and care for them. And God, I'm asking you to just open the windows, open the windows and pour it out upon them right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Isn't it been good to be in the house of the Lord today? Isn't it been good to be in the house of the Lord today? Come on, give him some praise. He is worthy. He is worthy of our praise today. He is worthy of our praise today. This is hard because I don't know how to transition this thing, but here's what what we're going to do. We're going to let people continue to be prayed for. But we're going to need your help today. This afternoon, the men need to be back at 4 o'clock today. So let me just have Richard come on up, and he's going to share with you what we need. Everybody here, we need your help before you go because we're going to transform this sanctuary, stack chairs, bring in tables, and Richard's going to head that up today. Let's give Pastor Tom uh, and Charlotte a, a great big hand to the Lord. And we thank you, and we thank you for blessing us today. We need you to stay and help if you can. Um, Just stack some chairs. Richard's going to walk you through this. I'm just so blessed today, and I'm very grateful and thankful. Looking forward to tonight. The ladies are going to be blessed. If you're not signed up and you want to be, just come. We'll work it all out. Don't you worry about monies if that's a problem. Don't you worry about that. God will provide for that. Amen. Richard.